Hello and welcome to the AfriTech Verified Podcast. I'm placing your host on this podcast where we speak to amazing individuals doing awesome things in the world of African tech. My guest today is Suleiman Sule, Director of Pharmacy Services at Build Intelligence, an African health tech company, transforming the role of technology, business, and supply chain to improve healthcare systems in Africa. Suleiman leads the Nigerian operations at Field with his 13 plus years experience in Nigeria's health sector. I'll be speaking to Suleiman about all things Field, his career growth, and Africa's tech ecosystem. So stay tuned. Hi, Suleiman. How are you? Hi, Tosin. I'm doing well, thank you. That's great. What city are you in currently? I'm based out of Abuja. Abuja. Okay. Okay. FCT. Yeah. That's nice. How's Abuja today? Is it hot? I mean, uh, it's typical raining season, so it's a bit cool right now. Okay. That's good. That's good. I'm in the UK and it's hot today. Very surprising. Yeah. So um, talk to me about your career growth. Um, so how did you start off in the health sector and you know, how did you end up at field? Uh, I think for me, working in the health sector was one that was really personal and um, accidental. Uh, I mean, I'd never wanted to work in healthcare, to be honest. I'd always wanted to be an engineer or something. And um, ended up having a younger brother who was always sick and uh, superhero me as a kid thought, yeah, I'm going, going to pharmacy to try to cure my brother. So that was how I ended up in pharmacy. Um, I mean, so far, so good. It's been like a really interesting space uh, from that like wide-eyed kid going into healthcare and then getting out of pharmacy school to um, get to the realization that in order to provide access to healthcare to people, the affordability challenge, the availability challenge, all of these comes into one really big monster that really requires um, um, a variety of approaches to solving. And um, so... Having that background in pharmacy, I thought I wanted to always have an impact on the population level. Now, moving away from my, my brother as a kid, and that informed me going into um, public health with emphasis on the health economic side of things. Uh, however, that showed a bit of a, of a naivety on my side again, because um, focusing on health economics and the rest um, assumes that there's a, um, a government who is funding most of the healthcare spend. So it's like um, a system like you would have in the NHS where um, the decision will be around, okay, what are the quality adjusted life years for this intervention? So should we go into the government first to fund it? And uh, returning back home to Nigeria and um, getting, at first I worked in um, a community pharmacy first because I wanted to have that um, touch with people on a day-to-day. I found that really, uh, really satisfying. But I said, felt if I needed to do something on the population level, then A, I needed to go work for the government some way. Um, so that informed the first major public health project I worked on, which was um, the health financing uh, scheme in um, for a state government at the time. And then I transitioned back into um, working for a multinational pharma company where I was responsible for promoting and distributing um, a, a given portfolio. And then again, this um, challenge kept coming up where you find out that the supply chain to distribute this product is basically broken. 
um, there were multiple layers before the products would end up coming to the, the pharmacist shelves and eventually the users. These different layers had like um, added a bit of a cost element to it. The pharmacies or the healthcare practitioners who we worked with as well had a bit of, they had to exist as a small business. So um, there, the sort of issues they were faced with was stuff like, do I have access to sufficient finance to keep products on the, on the shelves? In the multitude of products that I need to provide, how do I ration this cash capital to these products in a way that um, the community is not missing out on treatment opportunities, I'm not missing out on revenue. And um, that drove my curiosity and um, had a chance meeting with the team at um, Field where they said, oh, we're about to work on this thing called shelf life. And that, that was how I joined the team to try to um, build a system that really um, leveraged data and technology in creating a really efficient supply chain that also solved the problems that were typically typical for this space. So that has been my, uh, my journey so far. And um, I mean, we've been working on this problem for about four years now, so. Okay, fantastic. Um, so how would you say that your previous roles in like, you know, the Open State Government, MedPlus, how have they together helped you to be fantastic at your role at Field? Uh, well, I think what, what it did, those um, that experience did do, or the summation of all of the experience was allowing me view um, these problems we were working at from a variety of perspectives. Um, I think there's a tendency if you're not from within to come in with like an outsider lens and you are almost um, providing solutions that are prescriptive, mm -hmm. but having experienced it, I'm able to say, okay, on the supply chain side, wouldn't this be a cool analytics dashboard to have? Wouldn't it be great if I didn't have to spend 15% of my work day trying to figure out what product is going out of supply figuring out how to get to a supplier to get this product onto my shelf and at the same time offering pharmaceutical care. So you're basically designing a product that is meant for um, your audience. So I think in terms of um, product development, that has, um, um, that has helped a bit. Um, in a space again where, uh, I mean, the real competition is pen and paper in mm. planning you're in some other parts of the world where you needed to build this. I mean, you most likely get like um, a database that shows you these are the products you should be stocking. This is how they perform. But here you really have to learn. You have to come together with a team of really great pharmacists to say, okay, what are the essential medicines we need on our list? What are the substitutes? How do they perform? How do we also channel our resources as well as a company to provide this in a way that's like super efficient? for both parties. So all of these have come together to um, okay. help inform how we proceed. Okay. So um, just, I know you've given a little brief about Field. So if you could tell me a bit more about Field, what's the company about? So what problem exactly is the company trying to solve in the grand scheme of things? So I think um, Field is really trying to use live practical data to build up uh, build out this um, sustainable and efficient supply chain where we are using data that is local to the pharmacies we serve. We are trying to solve the issue of finance because we know that of the right, um, the bulk 80% of what the pharmacy's current expense would be, would be on providing the inventory, right? So 
rather than um, we know getting loans are like really quite prohibitive. Um, the financing, paying back those loans with the really tight margins they operate on, it's near impossible. So providing them um, inventory as an alternative to find as some form of alternate financing solves that problem um, to a large extent. The second thing we are really doing is by automating the supply chain planning, the replenishment, automating deliveries basically helps them really um, efficiently use their resources saves them from the sort of risks that they would face, sort of like expiries. We know a large proportion of products, um, pharmacies um, stock end up getting expired on the shelves because you really can't um, demand fluctuates, whether it's the season, whether it's um, disease trends, whether it's um, the mix of the population that that pharmacy is serving. So all of these sort of factors were able to help with a, like a really data-driven way. So, um how how easy has it been for for the company to get people to use technology because as you said the competition really is pen and paper so how easy is it or how difficult is it uh, so i mean um depending on how you look at it um initially we started out as closely as possible to um mirroring the processes that went on in the pharmacy and as they as they began to get used to how we operate, we started infusing the technology as much as possible into our operation by, for example, we have the Shelf Life app itself is an interface where uh, we now provide that to the pharmacies where you can manage the products you're subscribed to. You could see what's coming in, you could see what invoices are due and all of that is now being done over the app. So it's almost been like a gradual transition to a point where we would now want to, we now provide feedback to say, look at this analytics. These are the products that are performing well in your area. This should be what you'll be stocking. And so it's that sort of handholding progress. And maybe the challenging part I would say is um, as a team now on the technology side, constantly getting feedback from the market, from the customers to inform what we are building in real time. So you're building solutions, you're deploying them, you're testing them out, you're reiterating them. So that endless cycle, at the same time, um, being able to also execute the fulfillment part of things, being able to orchestrate the deliveries. I mean, uh, as at the end of last year, Shelf Life had um, completed over 135 um, million products that have been delivered to pharmacies. So you can imagine the huge scale of... That's orchestrating the last mile delivery of all of this while doing all of the uh, back-end work. Mm, okay. So you mentioned last mile delivery. Um, so in terms of like supply chain, I know how difficult it is, especially how difficult it is in Africa, especially in Nigeria. So, you know, what challenges have you faced, you know, with like supply chain deliveries, last mile delivery, um, any disruptions in your supply chain? How have you been able to, you know, fix those? Uh, I mean, when we, um, the supply chain in Nigeria for pharmaceutical is pretty well, the chaos of it is pretty well documented. So I say this, but I think um, what, not just shelf life, what we saw as the world in general saw with COVID and um, everything else that happened, the whole bull reap effect, products getting scarce, um, we saw where, that we were able to leverage some of the data we had already collected 
um, and we were able to use that to rapidly make some adjustments. So like where pharmacies that remained open, we were able to um, double what we were providing them. In some cases, triple, so they are able to meet the needs of the community. We're also able to see where the demand was, what category of products needed um, more attention. And we had to uh, look into our process and say, okay, how do we collect products where they are in excess? They're not being used and uh, moving. I mean, like in pharma, what, much like healthcare, what you really see is um, where you have some game-changing um, technology or intervention coming in, uh, the demand for healthcare never really goes away. It's like a, this balloon, you squeeze on one end, it pops up somewhere else. And you just need to be agile in that sense to almost anticipate where the demand is and um, plan accordingly to it. So that's what we do as an organization and try to help our customers see within the different categories they carry. So that has been the challenge, but on the other side, that has also provided um, a great opportunity for Okay, so you're saying just because you've had this data that you've built for, you've been building for a long time, it's helped you to combat some challenges, especially in the supply chain. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, you mentioned, um, you you, you talked a little bit about COVID there. So I I just, um, so were there any challenges, did you face any challenges during COVID or was it positive for the business? Uh, Well, so like we said, we saw demand surge in certain areas. So for example, for the product categories that would say had to deal with cough, cold medicines, products that sort of had symptoms that were any similar to um, the manifestations of COVID, you'd see people really take, um, that's pay a lot of attention to that. And so we saw um, the demand there sort of um, surge. Um, I think another interesting area we saw, and this happened both across Nigeria and Kenya was that there was also a corresponding rise in client health seeking behavior. And you could see that in the supplements category where over 45,000 units were sold in in that period, as well as the obvious one, the PPE equipment, which people Mm. basically became. So there was lots of that. People were more conscious of the symptoms, uh, preventive measures came in, came on board as well. So we could sort of like, this was stuff we could see happen at the time. Okay. So the business is only based in Nigeria and Kenya at the moment. Yes, we're operating in Nigeria and Kenya at the moment with plans for um, expansion, regional expansion. So I know that you are, you know, obviously overseeing Nigerian operations. However, are there any major differences that you see between the Nigerian market and the Kenyan markets? Happily, not a lot in terms of the demand uh, for healthcare, in terms of um, the infrastructure, in terms of um, payments, um, a lot of the payments is still um, it's still largely out of pocket there. So the major difference we see is when it comes to payments, um, to be honest. So there's a lot of um, reliance on M-Pesa. Mm. And um, in Nigeria, I think that's something that's um, growing up with lots of payment solutions coming in. So in terms of infrastructure payments here, yeah, but otherwise, when it comes to transportation, availability of suppliers and the rest, it's pretty much an even picture there. Okay. So so basically, you're saying Kenyans are more tech savvy than Nigerians. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I, I, would, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't mm. say so. I, okay. I wouldn't say so. I mean, 
um, when we get to deploy things like the shelf life app, for example, the retailer interface, it's almost a similar level of um, similar level of orientation that needs to come in in terms of infusing that into the business, mm. for example. So payments is just one aspect. When it comes to the pharmacies, the drug shops infusing this into their business, then it almost becomes like um, a niche area that's not really totally reflective of the entire population. Mm, okay. Okay. All right. Um, so in terms of doing business in Africa in general, like what are the challenges you face? You know what? Let's focus on Nigeria for this question. <laughs> because, okay. because I know that for the past few months, the government has been stressing Nigerians and Nigerian startups, right? And Nigerian businesses in general. So um, what challenges have been specific to you? So I, I would say in terms of um, doing business for us, I've, I've seen really three, um, two key things happen. So market visibility is um, a bit of a challenge. So there's not a lot of um, established sources of data to rely on. You have to always, um, you have to learn by doing. And this also applies to, if we're talking about a solution that's an organic finance, um, how do you quickly access the credit worthiness of the pharmacy you are about to put your products on your shelf with? Mm. Um, I mean, so somehow that sort of puts a bit of, um, it's almost like you're driving with uh, your pedal, you're hitting the brake pedal a bit because now you have to gradually scale this pharmacy onto the service so you learn quickly about their payment behavior. Uh, we've been able to refine a core product of a core list of products that would quickly help us ascertain some trends in a pharmacy in, in a short period of time as possible before scaling up. But you could imagine if you had like a, a ready source of information, like um, a really reliable credit history for who you're dealing with and whatnot, it makes the process, it would make it go super fast that I imagine. So there's that clearly. I think one area that had been the typical challenge that um, had been cited in other sectors, whether it's the regulators or whatnot, it's, for us, it's, that's one area where we think um, so far we've gotten a lot of, of support from um, the council and the professional associations themselves in mainstreaming what we do. So yeah. thankfully and hope... <laughs> <laughs> um, not jinxing it, but that's one area where we've um, had a lot of positive experience collaborating with the uh, key stakeholders in the space. That's good. Lucky you, huh? Um, so you have worked in the health sector for about 13 years, correct? Thereabouts. Yeah. Really old now, but... uh, yeah. So can you tell me some of the things that you've noticed about Nigeria's health sector that you believe technology is solving today? You know, anything you think the country is behind on what could be done faster well apart from credit worthiness which you've just spoken about anything else i would say from now whether it's from the hospital the hospital pharmacy or some community pharmacy there's this really big challenge that everybody is trying their best different approaches at solving deploying different tools and technologies that's not necessarily talking to each other so whether it's from the doctor coming up with the scripts to the pharmacy who's filling it to um, the few places where we have NHIS or private insurance and the rest, having all of these systems 
coordinate and talk to each other, I think would like really give a different color to the landscape here. But one thing that's clear is definitely there's progress being made and with different players coming into the space um, mm -hmm. and people building up solutions that as they become mature, they are able to integrate with other partners. And so that's one area I really hope to see us make um, great strides in the coming. You've already spoken about some key milestones, but like, are there um, milestones that you've reached, say, in the past year? I mean, we're currently managing over 700 locations. So just to make that a neat round, 1,000 would be something. Wow, 700. Um, that's across Nigeria and Kenya? Across Nigeria and Kenya. So that okay, would that's be fantastic. Um, something we're on track to um, meet with new markets being launched. Um, I mean, we're in our 12th states in Nigeria. So okay. and, um, there's real regional coverage hopefully getting into the other zones of the country where we currently do not operate. I think that would, um, the only one at the moment, like the Northeast. So having been able to plant our flag everywhere in the country, I would be a really um, significant milestone. I mean, looking at the, the market, the, there's about 4,500 registered pharmacies. So the, 4, the opportunity is huge. Okay. So how do you see the African health tech sector in the next five to 10 years? And how does field fit into this narrative? So field has two key products, um, shelf life and field supply. The field supply had been used by governments and its partners in the public health space for over five, six years now. And shelf life has been doing its bit in the private sector as well. So as we know, country would really want to or nay or continue uh, there's equal participation from both public and private sector players and we see ourselves really positioned to um play a significant role on both parts that's one big key i really see us doing in operating markets i mean the opportunities for digital health is set to reach a volume of about 1.3 billion us so um with a 22 percent annual growth rate there's a lot of um, catching up to do with the market that we hope we, as we much expand and mature our technology, we are really positioned to be a partner of choice in our operating markets. Great, that's great. Um, so apart from apart from um, you know moving into other key markets which you can't name, right? Yet. Uh I really can't. Yeah, that. that's okay. We'll find out. We'll see you guys in the news. So apart from like moving into new markets, are there any other future plans that you can speak about? Things that are in the works right now? Uh, so I can talk about um, uh, two key things. Um, here a lot of our focus in Nigeria had been focused on, have been on the, um, the community pharmacies. Um, mm. We are also very, very aware of the patent and proprietary medical vendors that are out there, um, mm -hmm. especially serving the um, hard to reach parts of the country, and they are a vast majority of them. So being able to work with um, our partners and this category would be quite, um, would be some phenomenal progress, definitely, because um, a lot of the on the South market still rely on the drug shops for their care. So this would be another, um, going into this segment really brings us closer to the people. 
Um, that's one thing that I would dare to look at. A lot of um, progress has been made on the client-facing side of the Shelf Life app, which we had before now mostly used on the back end in driving our operations and our fulfillment partners have been using it. But now unleashing this to be available to the customer as well almost um, really brings some um, geometric um, increments in what we are able to achieve with this tool available to the pharmacies as well. So those are two things I'd say we could watch out for. Okay, fantastic. So we have come to the end of this round. We are gonna go into, <laughs> what is, was it too long, was it too short? <laughs> okay, so um, we're just gonna go into um, a quick fire round. So I'll just ask you some really quick questions and then you can answer them in one word or one sentence. The first question is, what does innovation mean to you? Problem solving creatively. Um, what is your favorite African country and why? Didn't say Nigeria. African country. Yeah. Um, I think um, Rwanda is starting to build a bit of a reputation for itself as a tech hub. And um, a lot of enabling policies are being put in place for the healthcare sector there. So I think that's a really... You're answering this thing as if it's government exam. Is that why you like Rwanda? <laughs> so no holiday destination, nothing. This is not jam. <laughs> Ah, uh, if we're talking about, no, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, where do you like in Africa? Like, for example, you can say Kenya. Some people like Kenya, yeah? Morocco is also African. That's probably going to be my favorite. No, no you just said Adam, Morocco, yeah? <laughs> you just said it now because I actually have um, a colleague, uh, Peter, who's out there on vacation right now. And, See? Uh, the pictures and stuff he sends over, man. See? So... For the holiday, yeah, when I'm not in shelf life mode, yeah, that's definitely. Well, yeah, shelf life mode is um, um, Rwanda, but Suleiman mode is Morocco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Nice, nice framing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So what is one unpopular opinion that you have about the African tech ecosystem? How do I say this in an offensive way? I think there's a bit of, um, <laughs> I think there's a, there's a tendency to, um, a lot of group think. One area is hot, everybody goes there. And um, sometimes, yet, just in spite of this group thing, there's still a very fragmented approach to solving this problem somehow. So, so you are talking about fintech, aren't you? No, definitely. I don't mean, <laughs> I, You're talking about fintech, aren't you? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you can say, say so, it with your chest, your full nah, chest. You said so. Nah. <laughs> I mean, one time a Greek is hot, everybody's in there one time, this is hot. Yeah, I mean, that's true. So if you could wave a magic wand and make one pet peeve of yours in Africa disappear, what would it be? Ah, the pet peeve of mine. So I, I think it's the assumption that, I mean, yeah, Africa is one, um, but it's not exactly a monolith as we think of it. So um, a bit of... um a bit of a difference in how we treat the different pockets would really be helpful. And I mean this in terms of when we are crafting solutions, um, mm. there's really there's really no one size fits all for Africa. The problems yeah. might be similar, but context is usually really key to 
Yeah, definitely. How Kenyans will accept something is not the same way Nigerians will accept the thing. So yeah, um, makes absolute sense. And the final question, what is your dream for Africa? Um, I mean, the health indices, yeah, I'm going a bit shelf life here right now. And maybe this is just the health background in me speaking, but I mean, um, if we're really able to improve on some of the abysmal indices from maternal and child health and all of that, that would be, um, I mean, it's the only, it's one of the ways you could really get sustainable economic growth where health is prioritized and the outcomes there are like super great, so. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Suleiman. We have come to the end of you know, this session. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been a really great conversation and I look forward to great success from you and Fields. I look forward to those announcements of those new countries that you guys are going to be, <laughs> going to be in. Uh, before we go, just tell us quickly, how can people find you on social media? Um, on Twitter, I am at Ayatu Sule, that's H-A-Y-A-T-U-S-U-L-E. Uh, Field, you could find us primarily at field.inc and Shelf Life, the website is shelflife.co. So shelflife.co. Fantastic. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me.